The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today is the second of a five-day series that talks about factors of mind that support meditation practice and daily life in a particular way. They support meditative stability and um, unification in a wise way for the purpose of wisdom and awakening and freedom. So yesterday, I covered the crucial fundamentals of mindfulness and practice intelligence. And today, we're going to start on five factors of stability, samadhi, often called the five jhanic factors. Today is the first two factors, which in the context of meditation in the suttas and commentaries are almost always spoken of together. They are the mental factors of connecting and sustaining. That's vitaka and vichara. While vitaka and vichara are normally associated with formal meditation, the ideas behind them can apply to daily life. So just to give a couple of examples, um, vitaka, connecting, also has the meaning of thought or thinking, directed attention. And this directed attention can be directed towards and applied to much anything. An analogy in daily life is making an initial connection with another person. First key step in forming any kind of relationship, right? So making a connection is so vital to relating that it's taught as a skill in counseling training and many other relational fields. So that's vitaka, connecting. Vichara, sustaining, is the process of maintaining, being with that initial connection. To use a continuation of the daily life analogy, we can connect with lots of different people. But if there isn't sustained attention, connection over time, relationships won't flourish or develop or possibly even continue. Vichara also means consideration, which in daily life means keeping someone or something in mind. In American English, it's often known as thoughtfulness. This quality is also a key ingredient in maintaining relationships, good ones anyway, right? The same is true in meditation. If we don't connect with and sustain attention on the object, the object of attention in meditation, or connect and sustain attention on meditation itself, it won't develop and deepen. Okay, so now for the more precise kind of definitions of these factors, these terms. The Pali word vitaka can be translated best as kind of a word cloud. In non-meditative contexts, it can refer to reflection, directed thought, thinking, and even a little bit of um, intentional thought. Very, very um, kind of focused. It has a quality of fixity to it. Kind of like a tapping. Bichara 
almost always appears with Vitaka about meditation. It almost never appears on its own. And its word cloud is smaller. It's a quality of sustaining that emerges from vicharity, the verb, to go about an object. To go about an object. And it's a continued examination, a non-discursive examination of this object of attention, the breath, the body, whatever it is, nectar. And this consideration in this non-discursive way deepens the relationship with the object of of our practice, of our attention, and with meditation itself. So, Vitaka and Vichara are foundational for cultivating greater mindfulness and concentration. In a sense, the sound of each word hints at their different functions. So if you listen, vitaka, vitaka, sounds like kind of a quick pulse. Vitaka, vichara, vichara, kind of hints at lingering. It's longer, softer. So some similes. Vitaka is like placing your hand on a friendly cat or dog. Vichara is stroking its fur. Vitaka, connecting, is like the single center point of a circle drawn with a compass. Vichara is everything within the circle. So there's the center point of attention and then everything related to the object of attention. Consideration, going about, sustaining. Vitaka, that initial application, can have a bit of a fixed quality to it. Kind of like a hand holding a bowl or bell. Vichara, has a more moving about quality, like rubbing a cloth or polishing the belt. Then vitaka is also like hearing the striking of a bell. It can be like a clank. Vichara is not just the striking of vitaka, but the sustained ring afterwards. So, at first, both Vitaka and Vichara are kind of skills in a sense. We develop these factors of mind. As our meditative practice deepens, particularly when it has momentum, these mental factors begin to naturally emerge as conditioned responses. Then a rhythm of connecting without trying begins to build, kind of like repeated bell strikes. And then 
after the period of sustaining vichara begins to stretch out longer with fewer moments of vitaka, the bell strike, needing to happen. It's persisting, sustaining. So together, as these factors gain momentum, the mind and heart start to gain some meditative stability. And perhaps part of why Vitaka and Vichara are presented together nearly always in meditation is because they're so interlinked. Connecting Vitaka without sustaining can feel kind of clunky, like doing meditation by a checklist or something like that. It can also feel disjointed or dry. Vichara Sustaining can stay with an object of attention once there's been a lot of connection and reconnection with it. But before that, it can wander off in a cloud of vague associations or something like that without this connecting and reconnecting. So it's worth noting that both of these factors, connecting and sustaining, vitaka and vichara, they're morally neutral. They're not inherently good. It means relating to them with mindfulness and practice intelligence is absolutely key. Misdirected vitaka and vichara can help create a phenomenon known as yogi mind. Those of you who have sat retreat are probably familiar with this term. Yogi mind is a phenomenon where the mind becomes preoccupied with or separates on something minor, usually, or blows something very small out of proportion. This can happen when concentration starts to build through Vitaka and Vichara, but they're somehow misdirected, or it's an object of attention, an idea, a topic that's not so helpful. And that little bit of concentration, sometimes a lot of concentration, can magnify things in strange and funny and sometimes even unhelpful ways. A really kind of sweet example of this I've heard from other practitioners and in my own life um, is after retreat, someone will come up and start to enthuse about how they have designed in their mind a better meditation cushion better meditation cushion. And this is classic to do on a retreat. Any discomfort kind of feeds these ideas. So at its worst, vitaka and vichara can lead to obsessive thoughts or spinning out in ways that distort our understanding of ourselves and of other people. That's a topic for another time to really unpack it, but just to name that the practice intelligence, the mindfulness of directing and where we direct things is important. There's a story from the suttas, very, very famous um, and powerful ruler comes to the Buddha and he's a sincere practitioner. He's deeply dismayed and asking why beings, people who wish to live in harmony, and wish to live in peace, so often live in hatred, hostility, and enmity. And he asks this question a number of times, and the Buddha, in answering Saka, 
Anima the ruler, names a number of contributing conditions, jealousy, avarice and greed, desire for hoarding of wealth, and under the desire, repeated directed thinking, vitaka, born of a tendency to obsess. Many of us might recognize that last part. Sometimes our minds just won't let go of something trivial or even unhelpful, right? So this underscores the importance of discernment that mindfulness and practice intelligence can reveal. And asking the question non-discursively every now and then, is this even what I should be focused on? Is this object of attention or this way of focusing, way of sustaining helpful or unhelpful, beneficial or unbeneficial, skillful or unskillful? And the key question, might there be a way to direct and sustain the attention so as to nurture what's most beneficial? Then, with that discernment, there's the possibility of connecting and sustaining attention on objects of meditation, people, topics, activities, experiences that are life-giving, nourishing, conducive to freedom. And that's a huge thing. In life and formal meditation, both, this begins to open a pathway to greater joy, happiness, peace. Freedom, awakening. So as a last sort of aside, Vitaka and Vichara can be directly observed in daily life in our minds. And I'll discuss this and continue exploring some of these jhanic factors at IMC tomorrow. There's a half day, Wednesday half day meditation retreat. It's in person only. However, recordings will be posted to audiodharma.org. So if you're interested in hearing more about this, you can hear it there. There's also on site a few practice discussion slots available for people who come. So in meditation, the momentum of vitaka and vichara starts a wise deepening of meditative stability. And that, in turn, begins to manifest as joy or happiness, contentment, piti and sukha, which are the third and fourth jhanic factors. And those will be our topic for tomorrow. So joy to be with you, Sangha. Thank you for your kind attention. <laughs>